Hey there, I'm Marn, and I've got a new podcast right here on the Orange Groves Network. Every other Thursday on Dead Letter Society, I'm going to invite a friend into my library of terror to discuss a piece of horror fiction. We'll tackle topics like, why does Stephen King like evil clowns so much? Why is Ikea so inherently scary? And why don't young adult publishers like the horror genre? You can even read along with us week to week and weigh in with your own opinions on the Orange Groves Discord. So check out Dead Letter Society, a horror book club podcast, on the Orange Groves Network website or your podcast provider of choice. Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. And this is the Argonauts Podcast. Normally every two weeks I fail to solve an ARG and Marn tells me what I should have done instead, but this week we're doing things a little bit differently. Uh, we are joined, unlike every week, by a couple of guests who are uh, part of the development team for Blaseball, everyone's favorite Is It an ARG? Uh, joining us this week, uh, if you guys could introduce yourselves, uh, we have Stephen Bell. Hey, yep, this is Stephen Bell. I'm a designer, narrative designer on Blazeball. Uh, we have Sam Rosenthal. Hey, this is Sam. I'm uh, the creative director of the Game Band. And we have Joel Clark. Yeah, this is Joel, designer and engineer at the Game Band. And today we are talking about uh, everyone's favorite simple question. What is Blazeball? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sorry to hit you with the hard-hitting questions off the top. Um, I know that I feel like every other day we have someone writing into us and saying, is Blaseball an ARG? Um, and I know Marn and I, we kind of say, I don't think so, but I won't be surprised if it is. And I'm not afraid to eat crow on saying no. But <laughs> I'm really curious to hear from you all. Um, we've heard a lot of people try their best to explain to people what Blaseball is. How do you? So yeah, when we describe Blaseball... We usually kind of describe it as an absurdist horror fantasy baseball game about building community against malevolent forces that are beyond your control. And um, to answer or to attempt to answer the question that you were sort of posing on like, how do you package that up into a like a game design genre? Um, I think it's really challenging. Like, I, I don't know if any of us can properly answer the question of you know, is baseball an, an ARG? And I think part of that is because, you know, it, it's pushing, um, it's it's sort of pushing against like classic game forms, which makes it really hard to define. And we're really excited by games like that. Like whenever you have a game that is hard to define, it probably means it's, it's kind of doing something interesting. Um, as far as what the, like whether or not it fits into that genre though, I think it has a couple things in common. Like if you think about ARGs as we know them from like, the heyday of ARGs kind of 10 years ago or so when people were using physical artifacts like telephones, like pay phones and stuff and, mm -hmm. um, you know, letters and things like that. I think one of the things that made an ARG an ARG was that it was you know, something that wasn't limited to like one core place where the game existed. It was using different artifacts and pieces of the real world to tell a story across many different channels. And Blaseball is doing that. It's just using more 
kind of like more current artifacts. Like part of our story is told on Twitter, part of the story is told in the Discord. Even the Patreon posts have a little bit to say about that. Um, and you know, and elsewhere as well. So like it's not using the physicality of the real world, which we can't really do right now, but mm -hmm. it is still not limited to the website where like the core game exists. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I um I was about to say, if you're going to send something out, you have to tell us. Um, but that's that's really cool. Um, I know that it's it's hard to define, like you're saying, what is an ARG as a whole. I know that my working definition is if I can assume we'll do a normal episode about it of our show, I can define it as an ARG. But that's an incredibly self-serving definition. Um, but like if I had to dis if I had to describe it to my mom, I would say exactly it's a game that plays out on the internet using Twitter and other stuff to tell a story. So like we're right in that weird kind of space. <laughs> yeah, totally. Kind That's of a all really cool. What's up? Yeah. Kind of amorphous type of stuff, you know, it's mm -hmm. just, just fun. It's like you're, you're, there was one, um, there was one piece about baseball that talked about how it was meeting its players where they already are like in discord and on Twitter and in forums. And I think that is a really cool component to, a lot of different types of ARGs where it's like it's using things that you interact with on a regular basis as storytelling elements rather than like funneling you into all these more kind of proprietary walled off places. I like that. That's cool. I think we also are constantly discovering what Blazeball is as we're designing it. Like I think we had some suspicions about it, but I know I personally am like constantly writing down notes to myself of like, Oh, baseball is it's mostly me shit posting, but, um, <laughs> you know, we, we, t yeah. I think we've said it's like, it's like if, um, gels marble runs took place in the black lodge in twin peaks, like if that makes any sense, uh, <laughs> That's a I think it's been called. Yeah. yeah. We describe it. Like it's every genre. Like everybody says baseball is blank. And I think they're all equally true. Like, yeah, every time we see that, yeah, they're right. Baseball's a romantic comedy about Tillman <laughs> Henderson and the giant peanut. Like, who could tell me I'm wrong? Yeah, I can't. <laughs> so I know the game has gotten a lot bigger than you expected when you all launched it. Um, what kind of effect has that had through, like, you said that you're learning what baseball is every week as you're designing it. What kind of effect has its kind of explosion had on <laughs> the development of it uh it feels about the same from the other side as it feels to play it where it's just there's always something new and you have to constantly be stay on your toes and like stay ahead of things um obviously it's a little different the you know developing the game but you know in the early days it was well how do we keep these servers from burning down um <laughs> and it's and then like okay, well, how do we keep adding stuff to keep people interested in this? Oh no, a bug happened. How do we, how do we fix this? Or do we fix it? Like if there's always something new that we're just, we're, somebody asked us once if like, how much, you know, we're, if it's, if we're just laying the train track out in front of us as this train is moving and it's like, absolutely. And that's quarterly <laughs> experience. It wouldn't be baseball if we weren't do if we weren't just like a couple pieces of track ahead at any moment yeah i think we've gotten 
to a point where we're able to lay like more track in front of the train before it was literally just putting down and we're going over it. Um, we we've gotten ahead of things a bit, but I think there's even probably some fear of, you know, what happens if it's too planned, you know, what happens if we're not kind of building it with the community? Um, because I think there's a really interesting energy that happens there and we want to make sure that we're, you know, maintaining and fostering that. Yeah. Well, to, and to get back to uh, directly to your question, like, yeah, it was um, every choice with the exception of a few things that, that the first era, every choice you made as a product of like where baseball was in its growth. And, you mm -hmm. know, like the, the peanut, the whole peanut storyline came out from just like a big, like seemingly horrible incident, you know, like the peanut fraud. And we just had to <laughs> respond to it in the only way we could. Um, the microphone account was born from another bug. And we're like, well, how do we get out of this one? So it's <laughs> the growth, the growth of the game is constantly influencing its direction. And yeah, there was a big bug, so we had to create God so then we could <laughs> install it. <laughs> I don't know how to follow that. That's <laughs> <laughs> solving skills at work there yeah <laughs> i think that happened like the day that i started playing baseball oh, oh boy glad he stuck with it yeah <laughs> i like joined and then the site immediately crashed and i was like oh okay <laughs> that's a common experience <laughs> yeah. it's usually... just, like a giant peanut here now <laughs> saying blasphemy was that the first thing it said? It, the first thing it said was blasphemy, yeah. 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 <laughs> that was my pure anger channeled into, <laughs> into text. How dare you all figure out how to... What did they do? Eat a million peanuts at once and cause it to go into negatives or something? They uh, used the um, open API endpoints mm -hmm. to get an infinity and negative infinity peanuts. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we entered a peanut quantum state, I believe. Um, yeah. yeah, they reached for omnipotence and um, they met it. So, <laughs> like, oh, I'm like, here's what they did, and Steven's like, no, 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 <laughs> it reached too far beyond. <laughs> there was something about seeing the the number, like just checking the database and seeing the the number being negative infinity, that just really blew my. Mind. I was like, this is, I don't know how we fix this it says negative infinity <laughs> there was definitely a moment there joel was very stressed and my skills are limited so it was more just me watching him be stressed oh, and no. wondering like just very like sheepishly asking like is the site dead like i don't i don't know what's happening um, <laughs> so, it was yeah. yeah i was just trying to fix it and sam and steven were my I forced them onto a call just for emotional support. Like that's, that's a lot of some of baseball was is that. Yeah. That's what we should put as our our titles from now on. Introduce ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> emotional support emotional parts support. of the team. That is how I feel most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> we rotate though. You know, we rotate. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, to to follow up on that one. Um, Obviously, that one is a probably a a uh, a, a negative player initiated disruptive plan. 
Um, but there have been a couple others through the game, like uh, the sacrifice, where all the players kind of work together to do something for play for people that don't follow baseball. Uh, the sacrifice was a plan for people who decided uh, that the the tacos is a team, and they decided that um, when faced with the idea that everyone's favorite players would be sacrificed at the end of a season. Uh, what if they worked with everyone else to make sure that it was their entire pitching staff instead? And it worked, and they made it so that all five of their players got shelled, stuffed into peanut shells, and they couldn't pitch next season. Um, there have been a couple other plans that are disruptive to the normal pace of play, I guess is the best way to describe them, that players take on. Um, they do necromancy for some characters. They've done... Um, putting players that are currently dead into favored slots instead of players that aren't uh, when you would expect that you'd put living players in to get buffs, maybe. Um, how do you all respond to these kind of player, player initiative destructive plans is how I wrote them down. But how do you all see them? Andrew, I just want to say like, I found it very funny for if anybody listening to this podcast is not familiar with baseball <laughs> and the way that you insured it was by saying, if you're not familiar with it, the players trapped a bunch of players in peanut shells and also practiced necromancy. Like, I, I hope that, I hope that incentivizes you to play. <laughs> that's your pitch. Yeah. I, <laughs> that comment was made probably just for my mom. Um, if she listens <laughs> to this episode. Sweet. Uh, yeah, we respond. I mean, we encourage it and we, try to respond to it in every way possible. I think a lot of our design, especially in the systems design of the game is, is uh, they're, as, they're writing prompts, right? They're, we design these systems that are simple on their own and like can interact with each other and then give the community a tool and they're gonna find their way to use that tool to interact with the other systems. And just whatever, whatever the community finds, we're gonna try to lean into it as much as possible because it's, that's what, that's what they want. That's what's fun. That's what's like, that's what's exciting about the game is being able to interact with the community and have them, you know, give, give us feedback back. So yeah, like the sacrifice, that's just two systems. That's just, we gave you the idols board and we said the players above this line are going to get trapped in giant peanut shells <laughs> because of course. And then they figured out, Hey, well, I mean, there's this pitcher rotation system why don't we why don't we mess that up and that's i think that's beautiful. beautiful yeah um you know even backing up i will say like peanut fraud was bad and stressful mm -hmm. but we ended up in a much better place um than i think we would have if it if it hadn't happened mm -hmm. um and that was really when uh joel kind of said we just got to own the bugs. Like we got to make the bugs, the story and we ran with it. Um, and I'm, and I'm really happy that we did. Um, when it comes to stuff like <laughs> necromancy or, uh, the sacrifice, you know, as Joel said, it, it's really about trying to design in ways that will reward the community for their curiosity and creativity. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're aware of things that are out there that edge cases that could happen. And, it's, you know, about seeing what they grab onto and decide to run with and then say like, okay, that's where they want to go. How are we going to um, reward them for that? So it was much less stressful with sacrifice and even necromancy because we knew that that was possible. 
Um, and it was, and it's always fun to like watch the campaigns pop up, you know, um, cause we can see the discord and seeing the tacos start to talk about, Hey, well, would, would we break the game if we did this? What would happen? This is crazy. Like, you know, let's just be our chaotic selves and do it and then get, you know, go around and campaign and gain steam. Um, knowing like full well, I think, you know, probably the week, you know, the week before, if not the weekend before that, like we were just going to roll out pitching machine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, that's really fun. You know, it's just fun to see the community take hold and, and get behind something. And so we want to just pay that off. Yeah, I was going to say, this is not one of the questions I wrote down, but did you expect Pitching Machine to be like the most popular player in the game? You know, <laughs> if I had spent some time, I, we, we probably could have guessed that. I mean, the idols board, I love the idols board just as a mechanic in general, because there's so much conflict, but like we should have <laughs> known at the very least that Pitching Machine would be the most lucrative thing <laughs> in the entire game. <laughs> And popular just, or money making? <laughs> well, well, money making was like, I mean, that's its own thing. Like everybody was gonna idolize pitching machine because it was just like free money. But yeah. like that somehow crossed over into popularity. I don't know if they're related, but like maybe just seeing pitching machine at number one on the idols board, people were like, Man, this is a great I do great I do think that when sorry to Sam, uh, I do think that when the pitching when pitching machine drank blood. <laughs> that really went over well. <laughs> so that might that that really gave it a boost, I think. That was like game one too of that season. That was amazing. Really, I made really one was. I made one of those posters that was like, give pitching machine your blood. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you I, for that. <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was really funny. I felt like everyone like rallied behind pitching machine made their money off of it and then collectively decided all right this is broken let's offer this back up to a shell because we can't have this ruining the league <laughs> back to sexton we were yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i was really surprised that they didn't bring it down um I, I couldn't figure out if that was just because they were really just trying to milk every last cent out of that thing or if uh if there was a sense of like collective guilt for taking advantage of it but you know we we loved it so i love that a pitching machine is on the garages now and the garages the band have been making music with pitching machine as the drum track (laughs) (laughs) wonder if there's gonna be a rage against the machine moment (laughs) (laughs) yeah one thing that you you said before that i just wanted to comment on about uh you know the way that there's this back and forth between the, the community and, and us. Um, Joel and I went to school together at SC for game design. And we uh, that's USC. I always abbreviate it in LA. And I'm like, wait a second. That doesn't make sense to most people. <laughs> I was um, thinking South Carolina. Got it. Yeah. I get it. I know what's up. I'm hip. Southern California, just for full content. Yeah, right? <laughs> back to you, Sam. Yeah. Um, and uh, we had a professor there who always talked about how you know, game design is like this dialogue between players and designers. And I always kind of thought about that, like about how designers can create these play spaces and these conditions and then players express themselves in ways that they don't expect. Like if you think about things like the eggplant run and Spelunky, you know, it's like these rules that were put in place and then players doing something really creative and bizarre with them. Um, but I think baseball is like 
the most open dialogue I've ever seen with this. It's, it's an active dialogue. It's not like we've put this thing out there and completed it and released it and then are seeing what people do with it. It's like, we're there, we're watching, we're listening and we're responding. And um, it's just, it's an absolute delight to work on something like that and to be able to like be this close to the community in this way. I, I remember seeing a tweet that was like, uh, Blaseball isn't a game. It's a social experiment. And that experiment is what if four people ruin their weekends for the rest of their life? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, Krabs posted that. that. How, <laughs> how are y'all doing? And uh, how is it to design that kind of ever-evolving game? <laughs> yeah. silence for, for everyone not on the Zoom call. That's a, that's a silence as everyone goes... Whew. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the crabs tweet was not wrong. <laughs> yeah. it, that really like it felt like that they were watching me live because like they just saw straight into my world. I was like, I I actually had I responded later. I actually had a draft tweet that was like that exact thing. I'm like this this game was designed to destroy weekends. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it. Yeah. This game, I don't know. It just. Sorry, Stephen. No, no. Go ahead. It just—it's a all-consuming project. Like it's been an absolute blast to work on. Like just from everything from just like going and interacting with the community to coming up with ideas to like watching the games myself. Like it's just been an absolute blast. But it is very—it's consumed our lives for this. The entire duration of this happening so it's good to get a siesta it's good to get a siesta and mm-hmm. it, man what a project i've not worked on something so like so all-consuming yeah all-consuming is the right way to put it um in you know the community just kind of exploded right away and brought all of this creativity and energy to it and i think we just felt like a real responsibility to try and probably fail, but try to match that in some way. Um, And yeah, you know, designing something that's on 24 hours a day, six, almost six days a week fully. um, And then having elections on, on Sundays. uh, Yeah. It, it, it becomes a real marathon. Um, And, you know, I think we, you know, you burn out quickly and we knew that we need to take time off and the fans, needed time off um and we just try to be uh, i think pretty transparent or as as transparent as we can be about the process um and the fans have been have responded really well to that and we're we're really thankful for that so um you know we we like even looking ahead we have more things we want to do and stories we'd like to tell um but i think also (coughs) kind of as we look into the future you know making it a bit more sustainable uh, for our own quality of life and the fans um, is really important to us because we also don't want to chain anybody to baseball. You know, we don't want it to be a thing where you have to be on it all the time. Um, that's not healthy for anybody. So, um, you know, it, it was, it's been a very thrilling era and I can't believe we made it through it. Um, but it also exhausting, you know, and I think we're all pretty forthright about that. On the like, kind of like practicality games industry side of it too. It's a very, it's a very unique challenge in that, um, you know, our first game where cards fall, we went through like the more traditional channels for how you would go about 
making an independent video game and that's we found a publisher the publisher funded the development of the game and then we kind of like knew what our roadmap would look like for you know a few years as we were developing it uh with baseball it was funded just by like what we had at the studio and um blew up really quickly and then we did not have this like reserve to continue it or to expand the team in the way that we really needed to so you know we're really fortunate that uh you know, there's every so many fans are contributing to the Patreon and the sponsors are are coming in and everything. But like, it's a very very different problem set when you are also like trying to figure out like how do we bring in enough to keep this thing going rather than going like okay like mm-hmm. here's what my next year looks like. Here's how we can expand the studio and bring on the people that we need. Um, so it feels like in a way like a lot scrappier, a lot more more indie even <laughs> than what we did before. Um, Oh yeah, it, and then you know, since the game is a live thing that's like nonstop, it's just a whole other layer on top of that whole challenge. And and we got to you know we expanded, doubled in size to six people, which like mm-hmm. helped significantly. But then also, it would not it was still all consuming and would not have been possible if we're not for like the amazing our amazing groundskeepers on the Discord who are helping us like manage a a, a giant community that is always active. Um, it just was impossible when like those first three weeks, it was mostly the three of us and our producer Felix. And there's no way we could have hung in there. Just us, you know? So we're very thankful to even, we've gotten a ton of volunteer help, people, friends coming in and helping us. Um, yeah. It's just, it's been a, it's been a, a I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> yeah. Sam, Sam, I love the, the use of the word scrappy like it really that's that says it for me like it has been I just I love this kind of development I mean it's really it's really intense but just like it's we're just constantly having to pay attention to things and like figure stuff out really quickly on the fly and like I don't know like it feels with the game band it kind of felt like we were just like on tour for a while where it's just like your (laughs) life is the tour for a while like Mm -hmm. I, I thrive on that. I love this. So like the energy has been just unreal. So yeah. Last thing I'll say is on that is um, for as exhausting as it's been, it has been the most fun I've had 100%. in any creative or professional capacity. Um, it is, I'm incredibly proud of like everybody that has worked on it. Incredibly proud of the community that has, blown up around it and um yeah it's just been a thrill the entire time exhausting but thrilling you know just all in the same yeah your question might have been on the design of the game in the, in the <laughs> oh yeah do we just keep going off I, <laughs> yeah we don't yeah. no i the classic Style. This I'm, is what happens. We just it, it becomes us shit posting collectively, just <laughs> and then we're like, well, "What were we doing?" Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm happy to hear every element of this. This is it's really cool to talk with people that are actively making a game instead of just. We've had a couple uh, developer interviews with people that make ARGs, and it's always been looking back at what we did. Here's what mm. it is. It's cool talking to people that are actively in the middle of it too. Mm. Um, did you all always expect this to be this big multimedia experience with the Twitter accounts and all of that stuff? Or did that just kind of grow as the game went on? Some of that was a good amount of that was planned, but I think like the magnitude of it was uh, surprising to us. So, you know, like right from the get go, 
we were planning on at the very least launching with kind of like three different avenues where people would see into the world of the game like one of them was the website with all of the names and the scores and everything um the twitter account it was i think it was your idea Stephen, to make parker the, the intern oh sorry parker of course is, is a real person so i should have <laughs> what do you mean yeah away there yeah no what am i talking about um well parker needed something to do yeah that's what it was mm-hmm. and parker so was. i said you know how to use Twitter kind of. So just do that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we were going to have like a, you know, a a character based Twitter account. We knew that was going to be part of it. And, um, and the discord, like early on, we just had like, you know, 15 of our friends or so in the discord, but we were starting to see how that could kind of turn into a more kind of communal space as well. But we didn't expect the way that, that it grew and how, you know, it, and how it became kind of like the uh, the sports bar feel, but for for baseball, like the watch party channel. We didn't expect the um, you know outpouring of fan art and the attachment to the different characters and the teams so quickly. Uh, so everything was just like a much more joyful and intense version of kind of what our plans were. Uh, but we were really glad that we set it up in the way that we did at the beginning, so that it could you know grow grow out that way a little bit more. Well, I'd build off that a little with Sam and say like. originally like when we started making the game there was none of those thoughts about like you know we we had the idea that it would be like an online simulated league where you're betting and voting on this league like that was always there the twitter accounts and discord and all that maybe came like the wednesday before we yeah i think you're right it was like the week before (laughs) (laughs) i just think we remember the conversation when we were like setting up the twitter account and you're right that was like just before the game was the week before which i mean to be fair in baseball timing that is an eternity Mm -hmm. so like (laughs) but uh a lot yeah a lot more of it just grew by necessity sometimes we just add a new avenue avenue of storytelling because we don't have the scope to do it the right way or put it through (laughs) the site i shouldn't say the the right way there's no right way in baseball but a lot of it is just because we're thinking on the fly, we're like, okay, how do we, how do we tell this piece of the story that we need to put out there? If you've and been so on, like, right, well, let's- yeah, if you've been on Twitter and in like engaged with Parker at all, um, I don't, I think it's safe to say that like he's often fairly overwhelmed, uh, or at least <laughs> comes off that way to me. Um, when we started, he was managing the Blazeball account, and then also we tasked him with managing all the team accounts. Oh uh, and just it was impossible so um then when all you know when suddenly our peers are showing up and other fans are making team accounts and we're messaging him and asking like hey this crabs account is you know not re- really active could we do something with it he came to us and just asked us and you know we said like yeah like let's just let the community run with it and um again it was just about matching that matching that engagement and energy and just said saying like you know like some people are into this i guess so let's 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 run with it and create with them yeah that was um that's a really good example of like one of the things that we didn't expect but like kind of rolling with it because we did we you know thought early on like okay if we just make separate accounts for all the teams like we'll 
probably won't be able to manage them, but at least like we'll have that. And then I remember as the game launched and more and more of these accounts were popping up, we were just like, wait a second, now there's a news network. Now there's, you know, a Hawaii Fridays account. Now there's, you know, all of this other stuff that was just like slowly, like not slowly, really, really quickly, you know, spreading through, um, through Twitter. And there's a question like, how do we handle it? And uh, I think Parker and Steven's <laughs> response was, was a good one. It just felt like it would be against the spirit of baseball to try to just silence the fans in that way or shut down that creativity. It was like they're engaging with it. So let's go, you know, let's just roll with it. Um, and yeah, it's been fun. Do you worry at all about like the balance between kind of like the content that exists on the website and the content that exists on like Discord and Twitter and like what percentage of people are maybe like playing it casually on the website and not getting the parts of the cultural event that don't exist there? Yeah, totally. Um, that's actually a huge goal for the future of mine. It's, um, you know, the more we can actually put through the site and the more you like, I don't know, the more, the more you won't have to spend all of your time trying to keep up. Right now, the Discord, I think, is really super popular because you have to go check in and be like, hey, what has happened? Um, because it's just impossible. When something is in the past on the site, you're, you can never retrieve it again. It's gone forever. It's, it's like forgotten history. You have to go talk to someone to see it again. So I keep myself grounded. I got my, my dad to play this game, and he doesn't <laughs> use the Discord at all. He doesn't use Twitter at all. So every once in a while, I have to check in and be like, Hey, do you know who Jalen Hot Dog Fingers is? And he, he's like, no, who is that? He's like, oh yeah, Jalen pitches for the garages, right? I'm like, yeah. Do you not know the backstory? <laughs> it's like you gotta, you gotta keep in touch with that side of it. Like, there's plenty of people just using the site that aren't engaging with anywhere else, and like we have to make it easier for those people to still, you know, participate and be a part of things. There's so much that's not on the site that should be from like things from a approachability standpoint, like Joel's talking about to like, people are personally emailing me right now saying, can you please delete my account? So that's another one that we <laughs> would ideally like to embed in the website too. Look, if we had time, if we had time, we yeah. could do all these things. There's a lot we want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I do think not to air our friends uh tech support dirty laundry but one of my favorite interactions i've heard of was they got locked out of their account and uh upon messaging the game band the uh, hey uh can you send is there a way to reset my password i think the response was just a single word permadeath uh-huh uh, yeah. which is one of my favorite stories i've heard in a long time yeah <laughs> your, your friend is not alone parker <laughs> And Parker asked me what to tell people, and I just said permadeath, and so he just said permadeath. And that was it. it is a roguelike, you know. It's it's right. a it's a roguelike. I think in a bunch of different ways. Sometimes it's a roguelike in game development on on our side, where we're just constantly just stumbling into traps. Um, like I joked about it being roguelike oral tradition. Like ask anybody what baseball is, and then. Yeah, well, just you'll just go down some weird roads, and uh, I don't know if anybody can fully fully capture it. Oh yeah, I know that you said the the expectations for player interaction kind of jumped out ahead of what you expected them to be. 
What's been the most surprising development to you all, and what are your favorites that have happened so far? You know, I think the music of voice ball continues to surprise me. I, I didn't know, like, there was, when the fan art started, I was like, wow, I did not expect to see this beautiful portrait of boyfriend Monreal. <laughs> and then when the, when the music started, it blew my mind and I, like, broke down. I was like, this, someone is singing about this game. What? <laughs> so it's like just the amount of music that the garages are putting out and the amount of passion they're putting into that project. And not just the garages. I know there's plenty of people making music around yeah. baseball. Like that is, I guess that simultaneously get most surprising. And um, one of my favorite parts of like what's come out of here. I would also also shout out to the society of internet baseball research yeah. i did not expect people to be writing like pages like man when i read the the first like study the research paper of like blaze running came out and analyzed how the season <laughs> would have gone differently if blaze running if stolen bases scored 0.1 runs it blew my mind i'm like who who did this who had the time for this i didn't yeah yeah Sorry, I might have stolen everybody's answers, but no, I mean, uh, yeah, those are awesome ones. Go for it, Steven. I was no, I was gonna say the same thing. I mean, I yeah, I don't, I think those stand out just because they're so far afield from anything we could have expected. Um, there are white papers on baseball, like that doesn't make any sense. And then I think we all, <laughs> each one of us, talked about uh, Mike Townsend knows what he's gonna do, making us cry, like individually, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, it's crazy. I think outside of the um, the community stuff, the Paris Review writing about baseball was definitely one of the most surprising, weirdest things that uh, <laughs> I think we've been part of. Uh, especially seeing it come right after a translation of the Odyssey, like it was just such a wonderful <laughs> juxtaposition. <laughs> yeah, you mean making a the one of the most esteemed literary magazines of like the last hundred years type the words peanut bong and blood hamburger like yes. <laughs> 100 can, just... can i confess something to you guys like this is a real confession no judgment mm -hmm. can you all say no judgment no judgment, no judgment. It's no judgment. podcast Clap. the paris review writing about baseball was when i learned what the paris review was. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little bit of judgment that's fair i was, I was like oh cool yeah the paris review and sure <laughs> try to get out a glass of wine like, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Paris Review. I'm so sorry. Oh, I would say also, um, they're not impressed. By you, no I don't way. know why this didn't just immediately jump out at me, but um, because it's been probably because it's been there from the beginning. But Baseball Cares is yeah. incredible. <laughs> like that came from the community. They reached out to us and said, "Hey, you know, we'd love to use Baseball as a platform to raise some money for some great causes." And we were blown away and just like, "Of course, yeah, absolutely, let's do this." And to see how far they've run with it has just been amazing. Like that is incredible. Yeah. yeah you know, it's funny, like last year before, uh, before everything, <laughs> um, Joel and I had a great conversation. We started to brainstorm about, uh, you know, trying to like make the game band a little bit more you know, involved in the community and hosting events and things like that. Uh, we had a cool studio space. We were going to you know, hopefully host some events there and everything. And for it to just like kind of naturally become part of baseball from the community first too, 
was a, was a wonderful surprise. And especially in a time when it's so challenging to do any of those things. Um, yeah, it's just been a, a real treat to like, to, to have, have this space where, uh, where we feel very free to, you know, to work with them to champion the causes that we care about. That's awesome. Uh, I'm um I'm excited to see what kind of like weird fan projects get put together over the siesta now that people have like a month of nothing to do. Yeah, <laughs> there's already been some great some great things like the the um the AI teams. Oh yeah, AI generated teams, mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, yeah, trying incredible. to steal our jobs. <laughs> yeah. I was like these are better than ours. <laughs> I know that I know the crabs. I know the crabs are doing an ARG because the shoe thieves saw our website that like had like actual real player information behind a password lock, and they were like, "Are you guys running an ARG?" And we were like, "No, but give us twenty four hours." (laughs) (laughs) I saw that. I saw that, and like got hit the password lock and tried like claws up and like Mm claws up one or something the cause of baby or something like i couldn't get in i couldn't get in and i felt like too ashamed i'm like i'm a developer i can't go ask the crabs what their password is like, I, like so I, I still don't i'm still not you know there's yeah, like, i think i think there's now like three different logins so you might want to try again oh okay i'll go back in permadeath i think the <laughs> i think the original login was uh was the old crabs slogan oh yeah that's what it was i i remember that i remember that hint and i tried you know i happen to know the old crab slogan oh, yeah? and i happened to type it in originally but i still couldn't get it I'll, I'll get back in there i'll try again okay I think, it, I think it originally was something like super obscure because we didn't want people to get in and like actually look at our like player information and then we mm-hmm. changed it after we were like yeah we'll we'll make something out of this i i mean the <laughs> yeah. original one when we wanted people to get in not the original one when we didn't want people that one's a trade yeah. secret <laughs> mm, right. the, the crabs also own uh tillmansucks.com hold on <laughs> that's awesome so, oh. <laughs> so how do you all go about designing uh this kind of game that leaves holes open for player decisions in the future yeah hmm. it's, I, i'll say we add more to this game than we even know what we're going to do with mm-hmm. um it's like it's we leave ourselves a lot of open threads um to see what gets grabbed onto and a lot a lot of times we'll have purpose with those things that we put in um but then just seeing how what people latch onto, what elements they see and like they just become writing prompts for us so mm-hmm. i like and that works for like narrative things it works for systems um yeah, as long as we're keeping, we're adding more than we know what to do with, there's going to be something later that we can grab onto and be like, well, that's a good story beat that we can thread on through. Mm-hmm. It's working so far. <laughs> yeah. It feels really weird, to be honest, to like throw things in there and not quite know exactly how they're going to fit in with everything or to throw things in and uh, and then like not 
do anything with them if, if people don't latch onto them. Um, it's very antithetical to how we designed games before where you know we would introduce something like test it against everything that we have and if it worked it stayed if it didn't we would get rid of it but it, you know it went through so many iterative processes and this is much more it's much more like a performance where uh you know you try it the audience likes it and it you know works with the rest of the set you keep it if not you never do that one again mm-hmm. yeah i think sam I- I would kind of speak for you, but tell me if I'm wrong here. I feel like I, at least, maybe you are used to designing very carefully, you yes. know, like designing just like, okay, is this element perfect? Great. Let's, let's add it. Let's move on. Let's smooth it out. And this is the exact total opposite where it is just like, okay, well, let's, we're going to just throw, pick up a handful of stuff and throw it and we'll just see what sticks to the wall. And I don't know. It's, it's like we said, there's always some things that stick and that's as long we were just throwing that one thing at the wall at the time and it didn't stick, then it'd fall flat. So, and, and, and it's also again, like about, I mean, we do, you know, plan out some weeks in advance. Um, even if some of it is improvisational. Um, so, you know, when we are doing that, we're not only like testing and, and see, seeing what the implications of a new ad will be, but it's about like trying to figure out what those edge cases might be, what the, what the community really might realize they could do with this new feature um, or system and then try to find cool things to do with that. Or, or we know that there's just, those are just more of those open threads that we know that we could then run with. Um, and there's been some things that like, we added that we thought the community would run with and they just didn't. So maybe they were bad ideas. Um, and then there, you know, and, and then there were some other things that they eventually found we, that we knew was there and that like, maybe they'll pick it up, maybe they won't. And eventually they did. So yeah, it's, um, it is, you know, we're trying to kind of constantly like test it out and, and then just leave ourselves enough space to be able to move laterally. Yeah. And, you know, we talked a little bit about how, um, chaotic and kind of stressful baseball can be but i think this is one of the aspects of it that is actually very uh reassuring in that we don't have to be perfect you know we can make mistakes we can undo mistakes and we can pivot well like normally when we're designing a game it's like okay like the output of our years of work is going to go into everybody's hands at once and we've tested it but we don't know what the world at large is going to latch on to you know you're looking at like the result of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different decisions together while with baseball it's like we can make like one really key decision one week that's what everybody focuses on the next week and we can respond to that one the week after like it's really honestly rewarding i think as designers to see stuff like oh you know there's now when you hover your mouse over the bases like it shows the characters names like those little things that people pay attention to because they're seeing the sequence of the development mm-hmm. uh, you know we don't always get that when we're when we're making something that is just kind of like a you know one monolithic thing and it is a balance too because like we you know we do have places we want to go we set landmarks and obviously we you know we were trying to deliver a cohesive narrative arc and story um but you have to be balanced you can't just get fully stuck in those landmarks or not give yourself enough room to pivot because you might, you know, you might be stuck on it. Like, Oh, well next week we're definitely adding this thing. And then you add it and the community is like, no, that's not where we wanted to go, you know? And you, and then you're, you're, you know, you either have to like undo it or just own the mistake and, 
and change direction. Um, but it is really about like paying attention to the community. We're, we're kind of just um, being GMs here, you know, we'll set landmarks and then um, try to listen in and, and, and feel it out and, and work with them, um, not fight against the community. And I just to say one more thing to what Steve is saying is that uh, I think one challenging thing is, you know, I feel like we're still trying to earn the, the community's trust to an extent too. And, you know, sometimes when we're planning out things that are going to take like some steps to get there, like you might see a negative result before you see a positive one. Mm-hmm. It, we have to kind of like prepare ourselves for what, what that might feel like early on, um, knowing that it's going to ultimately pay off. It's ultimately going to go somewhere. And we hope that over time, as we do that more and more, it will earn everybody's trust and, and we'll start to know that, uh, there is reasoning for this. <laughs> yeah, there are times where we where we have to like brace ourselves and go like, okay, everyone's about to get mad at us. Yep. You know? <laughs> um, but like, it also wouldn't be compelling or narratively fulfilling if it was all just highs. Like, there have to be some lows, there have to be some struggles, and like, so much of this game for us is about not only like bringing people together, but like making them earn the wins as a community. Like, really having to fight through adversity and struggle to get somewhere and to do something. And even that's, it sounds silly to say because it's like baseball and they're, you know, moving characters above a red line at times. But like, after you've watched like your favorite names just get like decimated by Jalen hot dog fingers or something <laughs> um, to then finally get a win and like <laughs> kill God, uh, you know, that feels, I guess that would feel big anyways. Uh, Maybe that's not the right example to use, but you know what I mean? Like you need hills and valleys. So um, we'll often be introducing something that we know is going to throw things out of whack for a season or a team might disappear for a season. Um, Not looking at any one team in particular. Um, I promise there are plans. I was going to say the the first question I wrote in this document was where are the crabs? Um, and Marn made me delete it. Uh, I, I do actually have a question about that, though, which is, um, sure. how soon were you expecting people to find Blaseball 2? So funny story about Blaseball 2. Uh, it was one of the earliest ideas that we had. Um, and that website has existed for some time now. <laughs> uh, and we were actually shocked that it took this long for anybody to find it. But then again, we yeah. also like had like some slight mistake in orange that made it a little bit more difficult to find, but not that much more difficult. I mean, it, it was, that site was there. It was registered, what, a week after we bought Blazeball and has been there since the beginning. Um, so, you know, season three, when like the pies were on the verge, like our worst fears were coming true and <laughs> a team went, almost three for three like we we had meetings about that and said there's no way that that that's gonna happen and then sure enough the pies like fortunately lost jessica telephone in season three so we were okay there but um but we were very happy but we were yeah just like sitting there going oh no um they're gonna find baseball too you have to understand this whole ascension rule you know when we came up with that we were like well this will take forever right like yeah, There's 20 teams, three <laughs> championships. Like, it'll take forever. And the Pies won the first two championships. We we're like, oh, wait, we suddenly have to be ready for this at any moment. Like, <laughs> the every postseason since season three has been like, 
okay, is this is yeah. this extension time? It has been frightening, but it's like Yeah. I will say that we expected after the crabs ascended for someone to find baseball two like within at least a day, like you know, if not hours. Um and then they did it. <laughs> you know, that's a lot of people that did just did not. I could tell Jason, you exactly okay. what happened there. It's like somebody who witnessed it is that we all got really sad. We all like logged off for the weekend. And then we came back on Monday and one of the captains was like, what if we just make our Discord into like an office role play? And we were like, okay. <laughs> and then someone else typed in blazeball2.com as like a funny joke and was like, uh. <laughs> That's awesome. It's great there that it was are. the crabs that found it too. I'm really happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It had to be. It had yeah. to be. Yeah. They thought that one of us made it. Like, all of the crab captains were like, who made this? Like, which one of us was it? <laughs> you mean that the incredible design of the site didn't show that this was done by the <laughs> I think it's pretty on par with everything else. I'm yeah. Well, you're talking to the esteemed graphic designers who went to what is it, gameicons.net and put together Pizza Girlfriend. So <laughs> we could have done it. I mean, you never know. <laughs> shout out to gameicons.net. A huge shout out. <laughs> yeah, someone thought that like I made Blazeball 2 and I like went into the source code. I was like, how could I have possibly gotten these images that are hosted on blazeball.com <laughs> for my website? Oh, all of the uh, the icons for the decrees are sourced from from gameicons.net and um it was funny because earlier on i think before uh the community realized that before we properly credited them to be fair um we saw somebody in the discord say like oh like, i love the design for like i forget which one it was like maybe alternate reality like i'm gonna get that tattooed and i was like oh no then, <laughs> <laughs> i realized that's not a place all design <laughs> <laughs> Free open source website. <laughs> Did they get baseball? Did they get that tattooed? I don't know. Maybe we should follow up. Follow a up. Of, a bunch of the crabs people were going to get crabs tattoos when we ascended. I don't know. If that's incredible. Did. That's insane to me. That is. That's true ascension. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't taken this shirt off since it happened. So yeah. Nice. Good. <laughs> I'm just waiting. Okay, yeah. I was and I was so happy to see Crab's LLC form, I will say, um, because we knew it was going to be sad and we knew that people were going to be mad. And again, like I promise there are plans. Just hang with us. But like to see them say like, you know, because we don't want you to lose this community that you're building. And, and we, we, we also feel like, you know, all of baseball is a larger community, but obviously teams are going to have their team identities and stuff like that too. And we saw some, some fans move between teams. And I think like, it's all, it's also great to see fans jump around and meet new people and shake things up. But, um, you know, to see, to see the, the crowd fans who also still wanted to embrace that, uh, run and with, you know, the LLC and now they're defending, I think Parker and court maybe, um, <laughs> Uh, that's great. That's awesome. So yeah. Yeah. yeah can we you have... all comment on the lawsuit? Uh, no, no comment. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we have we changed our uh, our voting strategy channels into legal strategy channels. <laughs> yeah. In the crabs Discord. 
I feel good about Parker's chances. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> I also feel good about it. We have a uh, we have Goku on our legal team now. Oh no! Wait, <laughs> isn't that a surprise? <laughs> yeah, that's the secret weapon. <laughs> we had to invite Goku to the uh, the crab the secret crabs Discord. <laughs> yeah, Parker made a list of the like potential. It just said uh, lawyers question mark, and then it said like crabs that keeper that, that a couple keepers and then it was like that one sunbeam that got sunman off his parking ticket and then goku and and then and then also myself question mark uh so yeah i'm just glad that he has good rep representation because i don't know that he'd be okay on his own i think i like parker's chances <laughs> i believe it i believe in it um uh I have another like slightly arg related question, uh, which is, are like the parts of the forbidden book that are redacted on the website? Did you intend for those to be like speculated and solved, or was that just like you took out a bunch of chunks of random words just to do it? And is there a chance that we will ever see a full unredacted version of the book? Is there a chance? Yeah. For sure. Um, I mean, we wrote the book. The book is written, and then, yeah, we redacted pieces of it. And, I mean, yeah, it's, we redacted specific parts to be traded. <laughs> but it's like the book is all there, and I'm sure eventually, you know, eventually it can be seen. Um, <laughs> some, some things, like, some things are meant to be speculated on. Some things are so redacted, like who could possibly speculate it? It's like mm -hmm. if an entire bullet point is redacted, there's <laughs> no need for speculation on that. But like, <laughs> yeah, I it was uh, always intended to have that kind of like mystery to it. Mm -hmm. I I know that Cyber has like dug into it a little bit. I don't yeah. know if they've like found anything super interesting. There's, it's a, there's a bit of it where it's that. <laughs> oh go ahead i'm sorry i was just saying i find that offensive <laughs> the the bit of this i will say the stuff that's been solved from the book is still like ah i looked at the the stuff and there's enough spaces here that this word that starts with a p could be pitch the pitcher has <laughs> to pitch the ball it's like good work team we got real sleuths on the case <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, yeah, I did. I did make a Google Doc for like the Argonauts Discord to work on. And I was like, let's let's try and like noodle this out because we're like Arg people, and maybe we could do something with this. And a lot of it really is just like, oh, there's probably a two-letter word here. It's definitely like of. I know we're running up on time for you all. Um, I think the most important question: Who are your personal favorite baseball players do you all have any or do you all just see I them made a as... list huh i made a list you made a so, list yeah we definitely have favorites like people <laughs> the thing about baseball sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but like no go ahead the thing that's really interesting about baseball and the fans is that the the names are where they personalize the experience and where you know every person has their own headcanon and like they imbue these these like randomly generated names with meaning and that's like where the horror comes in too our producer felix has spoken on this before and it's like it's because of 
the fan art and, you know, their, you know, the, the care that they put into some silly name that like, it becomes horrific when a random number generator decides to just like delete them or like take them away, you know? Um, but that even happens to us. Like we, we still have favorites. Just some of the names are that ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I've already mentioned boyfriend Monreal. I, I mean, I was on a, we were on like an interview when boyfriend Monreal was incinerated and I was like, <laughs> I just had to pa pause. It was pretty pain, man. I still miss boyfriend. <laughs> current favorite. I still really love Cornelius games. It's been one of my favorite from beginning. Actually surprised he hasn't been incinerated. Um, love Cornelius. Good shooty right there. I'm a big Kennedy loser fan. Oh, me yeah. too. <laughs> love Kennedy loser. I just always, um, early on, like Kennedy loser was pretty God awful. And it just fit the name so perfectly. And I think that's a redemption arc that doesn't get talked about enough because <laughs> definitely idle territory here for Kennedy Loser. But um, I also, the, the tragic death for me was Wit Steak Knife. And the reason I loved <laughs> Steak Knife so much was because of a piece of fan art that had Wit as a steak knife. And I was like, God, I, you know, I never even thought of the most literal interpretation possible <laughs> somebody else did. And it was just delightful and beautifully died. So yeah, I was very upset about that one. <laughs> another another fallen mint. Those mint. Oh, mm -hmm. Mint's had a lot of tragedy. They have. <laughs> yeah. Would, will everybody get mad if I said Tillman? No. <laughs> mm -mm. I I it, no I I do love Tillman. Um, I think I've been a comfort Septemberish fan uh, since I think season one. Um, I mean everybody loves Richmond Harrison. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Fish Summer, Inky Rutledge, uh, Rest in Violence to Moody Cookbook and Combs Duende. Like, come on. <laughs> I, I wanted to you... pick like the most boring name. Like there's a name, I was like looking at the Hall of Flame and there were a couple names where I was like, I've never seen that name in my life. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. You're, Forest uh... Book Baby is another one. Is Forest, is that... Forest Book Baby, do you remember Book Baby? This is ages ago. Oh, Book Baby, yeah. Book Baby. Yeah. <laughs> That was like early. I think it was um, one of the like playoff games for like season one or two. And that was one of the first like big discord chants to pop up, which is just everybody using the baby emoji in a book. And uh, that was just so fun to say. And, funny. I yeah. remember, I remember one, one like person in the discord, just like, like pleading for Forrest book baby to not be incinerated. <laughs> Like I did, that's my specific memory of Forrest Book Baby. I was like, if Forrest ever dies, I feel so bad for that person. Jimmy was also yeah. like a half star picture. Yeah, terrible. But have you have you guys ever heard of Theodore Pass Passion Passion? Nope. 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 Theodore Passion. Number fifty six on the Hall of Flame. Never seen that name in my life. <laughs> no. Yeah. I've. Uh, I know Marn is the biggest fan of Derek Kruger on the uh, the Hall of Flame, whose claim to fame is not Who? being Jalen Hot Dog Fingers for a season. <laughs> he replaced Jalen Hot Dog Fingers and got immediately incinerated. <laughs> Number fourteen. Oh yeah, it's another one that uh, is Kiki still the shortest? The shortest yeah. lifespan. Kiki was the shortest. So. Yeah. She spent yeah. more time fighting God than she did playing baseball. That's awesome. Yes. Derek, Derek <laughs> Kruger is just ahead of Book Baby and Wit, Wit Steak Knife. That is entirely oh, Marn's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I convinced a friend who had like 
800,000 peanuts. I was like, it'd be really funny if you just dumped them into this player who nobody knows. Because the garage's like whole thing about him is that like they pretend he doesn't exist. <laughs> I was like, it would be really funny if you put him up at like 14. Yeah, number 14. Wait, who exists? Who does Derek, uh, Kruger. Derek Kruger. He is the pitcher who exactly. got who replaced Jalen and then got like immediately incinerated like a season later. <laughs> this is like when uh you play like one of the new Pokemon games. There's just some like weird design yeah. in there that you immediately just black out of your mind. <laughs> um, I also. God, I'm such a fan of uh, the firefighters, like, got a bunch of the Wings players, and, like, one of them got incinerated, and, like, the Wings were so sad about it, but the firefighters were like, oh my god, we got this new player, and his name is Gooby Balson, that fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The firefighters get a lot of fun new new names, like Socks Maybe. Socks Maybe. Socks Maybe. So right. good. That's one of the best <laughs> names that's come out of this generator. It's so good. Socks um, my, I think my Blaze Ball like fame is that I drew the first Tillman Henderson fan art. Oh, really? Like season three, yeah. Amazing. You, yeah, you created a monster. <laughs> Marn, Marn is the mother of the garbage son. Well, I think somebody else like wrote his wiki page, and I was like, oh, I'm like, I joined the crabs. I'm gonna like read up on them. I was like, oh, this is a funny character, and he doesn't have any art, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna like draw something real quick on my desk at work, <laughs> and then it just like blew up in a way that no one could have possibly anticipated. And like Tillman's arc too, like that. Once again, like that's us also at the mercy of the sim. Like when you know that final um, idols board scramble on uh, oh, in, yeah. in, in season ten um you know it all went crazy and then like this the the site went black and then we're checking to see what happened and sure enough like tillman dropped to 14 <laughs> to, to, to dodge the draft like come on it, it was amazing like we were we were looking we knew you know whoever's at 14 was going to get swapped and to the hall of flame at 14 you know just to if you didn't know the whole thing behind it that's that was the idea so we're like checking the hall of flame all the time and like who's who's gonna be 14 and we had there's like a few names that kept shifting around there that we were prepared for and none of them were tillman and so when that happened and it finally went we were like no way <laughs> it, it is it, the sim is a better writer than all of us it just does it just works out these ways and like it's hilarious when Tillman ends up I like to believe I like to believe that Tillman stepped in the way of um Scorpler. Oh Tillman. So no but it, this I don't think people realize this. We were insanely stressed. I can talk about this, right? Yeah. We yeah. were insanely stressed because Scorpler um has Scorpler famously for anybody oh, that doesn't for anybody yeah. that's new to baseball, um, Scorpler dropped his jacket, which would protect him from being incinerated, in order to put on noise canceling headphones, which protects him from being feedbacked, meaning swapped with another team. Um, and so, so Scorpler's sitting there with noise canceling headphones on, and if Scorpler ended up in fourteen, it would have blocked. Oh my god! And would not have gone back to the Hall of Flame. So mm -hmm. I like to believe that Tillman <laughs> saw that and said, here's my exit, but also I need to make sure Jalen can get back and jumped in front of, jumped ahead of Scorpler. And <laughs> my head canon is that Tillman 
was just cutting in line. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, he he paid me to say the nice thing. Uh, yeah. It, it is it is wild though that just shows you like like how pivotal Jalen was in that final battle. Mm-hmm. Like could have easily just not happened if like something shook out just a little bit differently. So we like had to Yeah, and and like that I mean, the Hall Stars could have lost. They very I mean, we were watching it as well, being like, I don't know if they're gonna make it. You know, like we were we were cheering during that final battle. We were collectively as a team cheering for like another incineration because we knew that the Hall Stars needed to get more health back um, mm-hmm. from bringing somebody back in. So it was it was close. If if Tillman hadn't stepped in the way and you know come back to life, <laughs> all might have been lost. The crabs were like <laughs> the energy in the crabs Discord that day was insane. <laughs> <It> was like- <laughs> People were so happy that he was back, but they were also angry that he wasn't going to come back and kill people. (laughs) Because, like, like, every other team except the Crabs has, like, had, like, this thing against bringing their players back where they were like, we're not going to do necromancy. Like, we know what happened with Jalen. Whereas as soon as Tillman died, the Crabs were like, we're going to bring Tillman back. He's going to murder people and everyone's going to hate him and the world is going to be the way it should be. The Killman Anderson <laughs> plan is what we Tillman called it. Anderson. Yeah, but I, I think that's perfect. You, Tillman's not going to do what you want him to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I, I checked on the Crabs chat right after that had happened and they immediately were like, Tillman sucks, but no one can hate him but us. We got to kill him again. It was like immediate. <laughs> I the uh, moment that uh, quote unquote protagonist of baseball Jalen Hotdog Fingers was swapped and killed in place of Tillman Henderson, the trash boy, to come back and back to being a pitcher where he's terrible instead of a batter where he's good. <laughs> Uh, that to me was the moment that I was just like, this is baseball. This is everything I love about this game distilled into one perfect moment. It's funny that you said, uh, the protagonist of baseball, Jalen hot dog fingers. Cause like, as soon as you said the protagonist of baseball, I was like, oh, this could be one of 16 different uh-huh. games. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Jessica telephone. The mm-hmm. the, day. <laughs> the shoe thieves love Tillman now though. They just did a stream tonight where they were playing like a, a tabletop game that they, it was like a lightly hacked version of like a Grant Howitt game where it was like, you're all playing as like Tillman handlers trying to stop him from getting killed. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. I was watching it before we got on Zoom. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so good. What was the question? <laughs> Who's your favorite character? Oh, favorite player? Player. Favorite player. Players. Yeah. You, you nailed it. You all got this one perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Winnie Hess. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that pretty much wraps up the questions that we had um oh, i guess last question uh yes or no is baseball an arg maybe yes okay. we'll see <laughs> that's the best <laughs> <laughs> all right Stay well for next time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah andrew i need you to go back and find the clip of me during like season four where it's like if baseball becomes an arg i'll eat my words on the podcast and just like splice it in at the end of this episode <laughs> back on this podcast when baseball is like you know in movie theaters and you know, <laughs> you know, 
you know, all of the obvious things where it could go. And then we'll answer whether it's an ARG. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. These guys keep asking what baseball is. Like, it's a weird question. It's life. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all so much for coming on. This has been great. Um, can I, I guess if people want to get a hold of you or follow you on Twitter, or if there's anything in particular you all want to pitch, can I grab that from you all? I don't even know my Twitter handle. It's like <laughs> underscore Steven five underscores or something like that. So I don't know. I'm baseball follows me. So go follow baseball. I guess you can <laughs> give Parker a hard time. Yeah. Similar. It's I'm Joel underscore a underscore Clark, but you know, you follow baseball. Parker's <laughs> um, I'm Sam Rosenthal on Twitter and uh, also follow the game band. That's the studio that we are all part of and all, you know, working on making baseball and where cards fall is coming next year yes to so switch and pc so uh check that one out too if you enjoy the surreal parts of Blazefall, it's you'll love it <laughs> it's very similar and and we also have some uh some we have the trial coming up um on discord uh the the fate of parker mcmillan the third um hangs in the balance and uh we do have some a couple other surprises planned um for the Blazeball community so stay tuned on that I think this is going to come out yeah, after, be out the, after trial. the trial. That's fine. Just with our, with our schedule, but I. <laughs> hope so, okay, so uh, rest in peace to Parker McNolan the <laughs> third. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah wasn't that a crazy trial that we all just watched? Wow! Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Justice has been served. The crowds did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you all again so much for coming on. That's, That's our, our baby. baby. Oh, that, that did not go well. <laughs> Claws up, baby. Claws up. podcast of all time this is champs in the making where we have made a bracket of every pokemon that has ever existed and are putting them up in battles head to head one-on-ones to scientifically find out the best pokemon every two weeks we gather up an assortment of hosts from the orange groves and cut a bloody path through the pokedex come listen to me defend the rights of crustacean-based pokemon is a perfect little baby and i will not stand for anything else Deciduize the best fucking Pokemon because he looks like Robin Head. Shout some about why your favorite Pokemon is the best. Put them forward and insult Ambipom every two weeks, only on the Orange Groves. Uh, Puchina is the best, and my friends already knocked Mightyena out, which I'm sad about. So now we're truly just living on the edge.